Mr. DeRocher, do you affirm that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Thank you. Can you please tell us your full name and where you live? Uh, Kirk DeRogers. I live in the South Shore, Northwest Cove. Um, what's, what was your occupation? Uh, I worked for a company called Admiral Insurance. I was a facility specialist for uh, just a little over 13 years now. What does that mean, facility specialist? Uh, dealing with uh, the property itself within the building, contractors, vendors, health and safety, uh, IT support, and uh, ergonomic assessments. Okay. Uh, and you were uh, a volunteer in your community? I do lots of volunteering in my community, yes. Okay. Um, particularly, do you volunteer as a volunteer firefighter? I do, yes, for uh, District 1 Blanford. I want to talk about a little bit more about your volunteer firefighting. What was your, uh, as a volunteer firefighter, for you specifically, what was your role? What, what, what were you doing there as a volunteer firefighter? Uh, well, for a particular role like that is uh, a lot of extensive training uh, and a lot of studying and learning about the equipment and the apparatuses on the fire trucks and a lot of dealing with uh, medical calls and learning about medical procedures. You also I was, I was studying for the MFR, medical first response. He was spending, okay, excellent. Within that capacity as a volunteer firefighter, not only did you receive a lot of training, but would you suit up and attend calls, fire calls, and uh, calls of that nature as well? Uh, starting off, I was just still training. I wasn't a full firefighter, but uh, I would wear the gear and do drills and training exercises. Okay. For those, for those training exercises that, that you did, um, that would, when you see full gear, what does that mean? What do you mean the full gear? Does that mean oh, like you get the, the helmet, the mask? You have the helmet, uh, the, full, the full wardrobe, the tank, the scuba gear, they call it, all the apparatus, all your equipment. How much weight would that be? If you yeah, put your, it's put a little it over together. 75 pounds. 75 pounds. So you have to be in pretty good physical condition to strap on this apparatus suit and then conduct exercises in that as well? Uh, not so much physical. I guess in an aspect you would have to be physical but strong. Right. Because like I said, depending on the extra equipment that you have to carry, depending on the type of call or emergency you have, hmm. it, it could be uh, overwhelming. So... In order to become a fully qualified firefighter, you said you had to, you had to undergo testing. Um, what was, was there a test you did in 2021 uh, in order to you know proceed in those qualifications? Yes, in order to be a volunteer firefighter, you'd have to uh, go to a doctor and do a full physical assessment to make sure that you're mentally and physically able to carry out your duties. What's the test comprised of, the physical? Uh, like check your heart, measure the stress on your heart, doing treadmill tests, uh, make sure that you don't have a hernia and any, any things like that. Uh, they check your blood pressure and make sure that it's uh, normal. 
and make sure that there's no issues with like uh, breathing. When, what was the result of that test? Uh, I was good. Good. Perfect. Clean yep. bill of health, good to go, ready to Filled go. Filled out all the forms, gave me the clean bill of health, sent it off to the firehouse. And that, that was in early August of 2021? It was, yes. Okay. So you were fit for duty? I was fit, yep. Then uh, you gave some consideration to getting vaccinated uh, shortly after that, is that correct? Uh, well, not shortly after that. For the longest time, I was sort of speak against it. I didn't think it was safe enough. I was really terrified and nervous. I didn't want to put that in my body because I just felt it was too soon to, to take something like that with extensive testing. So I tried as long as I could not to take the vaccination. But you decided against it and you did take it? At the end, yeah, I did. It was mostly due to peer pressure uh, the media, the medical doctors, everyone was telling me that I have to take it. Okay, so you went and got your first shot. Uh, how long after your, to put it in context for time, how long after your firefighter uh, physical tests did you get the first shot? Uh, the first vaccination was uh, August 16th, and I got my physical August 17th. So I'm very, very closely together, obviously. Yes. Um, just just for, uh, for the record, the lot number would have been, this is Pfizer vaccine? It was Pfizer, yes. yes. Do you have the lot number in front of you? Uh, the lot number for that one was FA9099. Now, before you received uh, the vaccine, did uh, who who administered who administered it for you, and where did you go? Uh, the first it? one I got was at the drive-through setup over in Dartmouth at the Dartmouth Hospital. Okay. And you remember who gave it to you, the person or I don't unfortunately no. Okay, well that that's okay. Um, whoever administered this to you, did they did they warn you about potential risks, side effects, benefit benefits uh, of getting the of getting the vaccine? At the time, they briefly said some stuff. I couldn't really remember. I don't know if I was just panicky or scared. It just happened so quick, and then they told me just pull over and stay stay in the parking lot for 20 minutes while someone looked after me. And how did you fare out after the first shot? Any any issues? No issues, no symptoms, nothing. I was perfect after that. Like, it didn't even happen. Wow. And then... You decided to get a set, the second shot uh, as as recommended. Yep. When was that? That was on August. No, sorry, that was September thirteenth. So roughly a month after the first shot. Yes. Give or take a few days. And that was well, um, it was also Pfizer. It was Pfizer. Yeah. And do you have the lot number for that in front of you? That one was FA nine zero nine one. And I'm going to ask the same thing um, as well for your second shot. Where did you go get that? Uh, that one was at the superstore. And who issued that to you? Or who gave you that? Unfortunately, that I don't know. Was it a pharmacist? It was a pharmacist, was it, yes. It was, so it was, yeah. a, it was an, uh, the pharmacist at the superstore. It was, yes. Okay. 
Do pharmacists talk to you about potential risks or harms or benefits of the no, vaccine? No, nothing at all. Did you have to sign a form? I did, yeah. What, do you remember what the form said by any, any chance? Or was it, was it did it lay things out for you? Or was it just a consent form to receive it? was a consent form to, for them to administrate it. Yeah. You don't remember how many pages there were, what the consent form said? I do believe it was just one page. But it, but it was mostly they were like, sign it or you're not getting it. Like, we got to hurry up and move along kind of ordeal. Okay, thank you. Did you have any issues after the second shot? Uh, well, after the second vaccine, everything was same as the first. Everything was going good. No signs, no symptoms. Everything was okay, except on se September 22nd. And, and that would have been a Wednesday because I, I woke up and I was really kind of out of it. I wasn't feeling right. And I thought it was just because I was overworked at my job and doing the training, I was just tired and sore. I was having trouble breathing. I was like, oh, it's the middle of the week. I'll, I'll just push through, see what happens. But I remember waking up that day and it felt like someone was sitting on my chest. Did you do anything about that or what, what, what did you do after that? No, I, I just played it off as, oh, I'm just getting run down with everything I've been doing at my company and at the firehouse, so I just thought, oh, I'm probably just getting a cold, or I was thinking, oh, maybe it's symptoms from the vaccine. Maybe it's like if you get a vaccine, you get like cold symptoms. I didn't really know. But I just, that day, I just drank uh, a French vanilla just to warm up my lungs, to try to help myself to breathe. You know, um, Kirk, I'm just going to backtrack just momentarily. Yes. There's one question I'd like to ask as well, just in regards to what the pharmacist, the conversation you have with the pharmacist. Considering you were a volunteer firefighter, uh, you know, pretty good shape, carrying heavy equipment, right? Potentially having, you know, life pulling somebody a house of a car, operating the equipment. Because given given you age and your health, were you given uh, like a personal risk assessment by a pharmacist uh, that your chance of becoming like, to let you know what your, your chance of becoming seriously ill uh, or dying uh, should you contract COVID nineteen? Nothing like that. No. Nothing like that. Nope. Right, because you'd be one of the fitter people really around in the community at the very least because of the duties that you would have to perform. Mm -hmm. So there was no consideration given whatsoever. Nothing like that, okay. no. Thank you. Um, so now we're going to move forward once again. So you had all these symptoms uh, that you kind of just chalked up to work-related. I'm stressed, a little bit of this. So you, you carried on and you went to work that day. Yes. Can you can you tell me more? Just what happened? I guess you know throughout the day, just briefly, and then what happened after that? Well, it wasn't just that day. It was over time. I just kept thinking, oh, it's a chest cold, and it was probably within two weeks time frame of going back and forth to work and doing my training. I'm like, and I said to my partner quite a bit, oh, I got this chest cold in my lungs, but I don't have a cough, and. Uh, we did some research and she goes to a naturopath about taking elderberry. It's supposed to be good for, for your lungs. So I tried that and it, it seemed to be okay, but it was one of the last days at work. I remember I was doing a lot of activity and it was all day I was lifting stuff that's about 50, 60 pounds all day long. And then I just started sweating and I, I felt a really bad pain and I just couldn't catch my breath and I had to leave. Did you, did you go to the hospital right after that because of how you were feeling? 
No, uh, I went home and uh, I just laid down, took a nap, and it seemed to to be passing me, except for the the sore lung feeling. And I decided that night to go to the firehouse for training, just because it was mostly just learning exercises. It wasn't physical hands-on. So I was like, I'll go there tonight and learn some stuff. Okay. And once you get to the fire hall, um, can you tell me what, what transpired there? Uh, yeah, it was it was quite early as I got there because I was still kind of overwhelmed a bit. But it was basically we're just going around at the fire trucks and checking all the storage compartments. Mm -hmm. So if there was a scene where I, where I was located, if one of the firefighters said, I need the fire axe, I'd know to go to compartment 10 on the truck to, to hand it to him. So it was just cataloging items on the truck. And then we started to do uh, the MFR, medical first response training. And the training that we we're doing that night was uh, checking blood pressure. And the first one was just the automatic where you put on, you push a button, and it just reads the, the cyst and diagnostic pressure for you automatically. But uh, I remember the fire chief uh, that night said, well, if you do get a medical call, what I want you to do first is use the, the manual, the one that you... Oh, the, you little, the little pump. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and I said to him, well, that's, that's good, chief, but... I don't know anything about that or what to listen for, the blood coming or going. And he goes, well, since you asked about it, why don't you be the guinea pig or you be the volunteer to sit up front and show everyone? So I sat there and one of the EMTs put the cuff on me and his face just blanked out white. And he got right nervous. And I was like, what's wrong? And he read, the, he read it and it was 157 over something. And he goes, that, that, that's really high. What I'm going to get you to do is just sit in the corner away from everybody and just try to calm down. And I'd like to read that again. So it was about 45 minutes. And then he came and got me and asked, can I do your blood pressure check again? And the second time he did it, it was 187 over something. And he goes, that doesn't seem right because you're just sitting here relaxing. And I goes, well, what do you think? And he goes, i got to get you to the hospital immediately. And I'm like, oh, well, let's not go immediately. I said, I have a pain in my lungs for a while. I think it's just a cold, and that's interfering. He's like, no, you, you're, uh, you could take a stroke or a heart attack at any second. So I remember uh, Tammy, my partner, came and picked me up and rushed me to the emergency room. And I got there. We walked in, and they asked where we vaccinated and stuff. And I was like, yeah, they took me aside. And Tammy, unfortunately, my partner, she wasn't vaccinated then. And they almost physically took her at the hospital. They wouldn't let her come in at all with me. She had to wait out in the car. And I first sat there after they, they kicked her out. And I was alone waiting for someone. Finally, the nurse came over and got me. And she put the blood pressure on me. And it read uh, 212 over 137. And all I remember is getting thrown in a wheelchair and they dragged me off to different rooms. The first room was the EKG and then they rolled me down to another room and said, we're just gonna put you on the monitor and check everything. And then one of the nurses noticed your oxygen levels like extremely low. And I'm like, okay, I, I didn't know that it was low. I'm just doing my thing. So another doctor came in and they were assessing the monitors that I was hooked up to. 
And one of the nurses was like, oh, you just got high blood pressure because of the work you've been doing at the firehouse. Once it goes down a little bit, we'll send you on your way, you'll be fine. And I kept telling her, well, does it have anything to do with a chest cold? Because I had pain in my lungs and it was getting quite severe. She's like, oh, no, that's just because you're doing extensive work and it's just your muscles sore. And I'm like, well, sore muscles doesn't have anything to do with my breathing. Like, I'm having trouble breathing. So the other doctor that came in the room was like, oh, yeah, we should, uh, we should look into it a little more. And he's like, I'll be right back. I'll, I'll get you prepped for some tests. And then another doctor came in, and uh, she was asking me some questions. And I was like, yeah, I had a pain. It was almost two weeks now. And uh, it's like I, I'm having trouble breathing. And, and obviously now i got the extreme high blood pressure due to it, which I never had in my life. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, it fits the time frame. And I'm like, Doc, what do you mean time frame? Time frame for what, me coming in tonight? She's like, no, time frame for your vaccine. And I didn't mention anything then to the doctor. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She said, when did you get your vaccination? I was like, I got my second vaccination was September 13th. And she calculated in her head for a minute and she goes, oh, that's a few weeks off. That's right where that that lines up to what What, we see. What happened after that? And I'm like, well, what do you mean what you see? And she goes, well, we're seeing people with blood clots. She goes, don't be alarmed. I'm going to do some tests with your blood and just check. And she said at the time, we're going to check for a coagulation agent in my blood. So she drew my blood. And I was nervous because when they took my blood before, it was in the cup pretty quick, the little tube. But this was like motor oil. Like it was really thick. So I was kind of sweating nervous because of that. Mm -hmm. So she came back with the tests with another doctor, and she's like, yeah, we're correct. You do have blood clotting agents in your blood. And then she said, don't worry about that. You don't have to be alarmed. Such percent of people have that, but it doesn't affect them. I'm like, well, obviously I'm being affected some way. So she goes to the other doctor, let's get you in a wheelchair, and we'll take you up to get x-rays. So I went and got a chest x-ray, and then I came back to the, to the room waiting for tests. And then another doctor I never saw came in with two other doctors, and they were talking amongst themselves, looking at the chart. And they said, yeah, we find uh, there's some stuff in your lungs. I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, blood clots. And then they didn't really give any other information on that. And then the other doctor that was late coming in, that was they're obviously having a little chat, said we got to get a CT scan. That's where you eject the dye into your body. So again, they threw me in a wheelchair and took me up there. And I remember as I was going up, and I was thinking to myself, well, this this is crazy. Like I was terrified. Like you go in somewhat not feeling all right, but it seems like it was getting worse as soon as I got in there. Because one of the doctors that was in the room was like, have oxygen on standby. And I'm like, oh, my lungs are going to collapse on me. I'm not going to be able to breathe. But they put me back in the room. And each time I did a test, it was two hours. And then my cell phone died. So I was in the room for altogether 15 hours without my partner. And I couldn't contact her. They were running tests. Yeah. And... 
So after the doctors came back into the room, they said the one doctor that wanted the additional tests, I can't really explain the words that he used. It's from memory, but he said Surmise it for us. extremely large quantity of blood clots in both my lungs. So you went from having a clean bill of health, testing to be a volunteer firefighter, everything's great, yeah. to all of a sudden severe issue with lung clots. Yeah. And in within weeks of receiving the second dose. Within two weeks of the second vaccination. Within, within two weeks of the second just, vaccine. Yeah. Okay. What happened after that? Did they do further testing? Did they put you on medication? What happened? No, they did. after they showed me the test and told me that, uh, my partner, she was panicking. Finally, she called every floor, every office, every room. And one of the nurses came in and said, are you Kirk DeRosier? I'm like, yeah. Your wife's trying to get in touch with you and we'll, we'll charge your phone. So they charged my phone. I, I talked to her. And she was upset and crying, thought uh, I died because my phone died, and I told her I had blood clots. No answer, yeah. But they kept me in for another little bit, and they said, oh, you're going to be fine in a couple months. Just take the blood thinners. We'll, we'll get you in touch with hematology. Everything's going to be fine. And I knew it wasn't going to be fine because one of the doctors that was standing behind that doctor was just shaking his head like, couldn't believe that the other doctor was telling me it's going to be okay. But after I talked to my partner, she said, well, she was concerned that it had something to do then with the, the vaccine, especially when the doctor said, before I even mentioned it, it's, it suits the time frame. So, so did you uh, have further tests done to see if there were, let me put it this way, do you know if the physicians that you were dealt with or your main physician there did they enter anything into that, once again, this vaccine reporting system to CARES? Do you know? Well, that, that was it. Tammy told me to talk to them. I, I had the phone on speakerphone, and I said, well, the doctor knew, and obviously I put two and two together, just like that doctor. Like, this has something to do with the vaccine. All of a sudden, I got all these blood clots. So I asked the doctor that told me to go for the, the x-rays and the CT scan. I'm like, are you going to fill out the... Uh, the adverse reaction, that I had a reaction to the vaccine. And his words to me was like, it takes too long, we're not going to do that here. So they didn't fill out anything there. Okay. We're getting a little bit short on time, Kirk, and, and uh, there's a lot more that we would like to get to, but so I need to you know, just bring it, I need to shorten it up a little bit if we can. Yeah. What were you know, the last, because this happened in September of 2021. We now have, we're now in March 2023, a year and a half later. What has, what have the long-term implications been on you since that incident at the hospital to today? Uh, I'm taking uh, Zeralto. It's uh, a high milligram of blood thinner, which the specialist, because said where it is affected through the vaccination. They have no idea how long I'll have to take these blood thinners, if it's only for a short period of time, or if I'll have to take it for the rest of my life. See, so a specialist said it is. They, they made the correlation to your blood clots to, to the vaccine? Yeah. The hematology department at the Dixon building put two and two together, filled up the forms, and sent it off to, uh, I think they said, health 
Canada, something like that. Okay. But I, I talked to them. I gave them the batch numbers and stuff like that. Okay. But I'm also taking now, because of that, uh, two different types of medications for high blood pressure. How has this affected your quality of life? Uh, till, till recently, I'd have to say I didn't have any quality of life. Uh, since October 19th on, I'd say for the first six months after that, my health deteriorated so bad I was bedridden for six months. Couldn't do anything. Uh, that affected my mental health. I ended up putting on over 70 pounds. I'm still trying to get off me because I'm not being active. Because talking too long or walking too long or doing anything, it, it, it's too much on my body. I can't breathe. My lungs are on fire. I'm sore to this day. It's like someone's sitting on me all the time. It's a long road to recovery. It is, yeah. Um. Because we have your spouse coming up as well, I'm going to leave some of the questions that I would have for you in regards to the financial hardship. Uh, I will post those to her instead, okay? Um, uh, thank you, Kirk. Um, thank you. I'm going to see if the commissioners have any questions for you. Thank you for your testimony. Uh, just one question, and I hope you don't mind me asking. How old are you? <laughs> 43 years old. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kirk.